Welcome. You are listening to the Cover to Cover podcast, lively conversations with cutting edge authors, hosted by Mary Elizabeth Jackson. Mary is an author, advocate, and educator. Join us to find your new favorite author, book, or inspiration. And now, here's Mary. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cover to Cover, Cover, another show with an amazing author. I'm so excited. So the author that I'm interviewing today, she's in France. She has a beautiful accent, which I love. I, I, I um, actually took French in junior high and high school and absolutely love it, but have lost my ability for it over the years as we get older. But, you know, we're talking about a really important subject today that the these words uh I hear so much more in mainstream, and I'm sure you do too, uh, about cracking the master, the the mask of it, the imposter syndrome. So that is something that I see those words a lot, and you might too. And that's what our focus is going to be today. Now, I am going to bring uh, on our uh, my author, our author, because this is a show that we're all together here, aren't we? So we are going to be. Um, talking to Colleen Montserrat. She's a passionate author driven by a mission to help others thrive. Don't we already love her? She weaves captivating stories that transcend boundaries, whether through her insightful nonfiction work or the adventure YA book series, Aria and Liam, which you'll have to check out. She imparts valuable wisdom that inspires readers to overcome challenges and embrace their potential. Her new book we're talking about today is You Are Not an Imposter, Overcoming Imposter Syndrome. Unlock your true potential so you can thrive. You can get on Amazon and anywhere books are sold. And it is a beautiful cover. I love it. Um, You will have to go, you know, this is a great time to be buying books for folks. So you're going to have to go get a copy of it. So Colleen, welcome to Cover to Cover. How are you today? Hello, good morning, Marie-Elizabeth. I'm very good. Thank you so much for having me today and talk about uh, imposter syndrome. I think something most authors live live with uh, (laughs) and many other other jobs as well. (laughs) I know. And I think, you know, it's it's a hot word these days. And I don't know um, if people thought about this like, more uh, in a mainstream way, you know, and how how many people it affects than now. What made you want to write about this particular subject? So, in fact, uh, I never thought uh, I will uh, write a nonfiction book. It's really life uh, that uh, has thrown it my way because 2020, outside of being uh, the year of COVID, uh, for me, unfortunately, COVID was just like the cherry on the top uh, in the background. Uh, the universe had decided to teach me like a very, very important lesson. And uh, this lesson led me to a lot of uh, personal uh, work. Uh, going back to university, I went back to study uh, psychology, actually, uh, University of Louisiana Monroe. And uh I've learned so much that by the end of my journey, I decided to write the book so I can help others uh, try to get rid of the mask. And what happened for me, it didn't come with work. Usually we think about imposter syndrome in the professional settings. Uh, So we will, because it's just the most obvious. Like when we feel 
like when we are at work, if people congratulate us for the job, uh, we are promoted, uh, we go up the ladder and we don't, we feel like a fraud, it's going to be obvious for us. And even if we don't work on it, uh, there is actually a psychological explanation for it. Uh, the brain likes to stay comfortable. We all know that our brain is not uh, always helping us to grow. Its goal is to keep living, survive and reproduce. So if it's like it has learned all its life uh, that you're feeling like a fraud, it's not the job of the brain to say, you know what, let's go uncomfortable. Let's get rid of, rid of all the problems. Like it will usually keep going until there is a consequences to your action and it becomes too hard to not wake up. And for me, in my job, it was okay. I was keep going. I was people pleasing, perfectionist, taking everything personally, but I was going up the corporate ladder and I was not feeling good, but it's okay. I could keep pushing, but usually in personal life, if you can feel, for example, like a fraud as a mother, as a father, uh, people can keep complimenting you. Oh, you are such a great uh, parent and you're going to be like, oh my gosh, when they're going to find out that's totally not true. Um, you can feel with your friend like an imposter. And for me, it was in my health. And so the way the universe came back at me was to throw me almost in a death tomb. I did a sepsis that uh, revealed much bigger problems. Uh, including in my kidney, and uh, I live with a genetic disease, pancreatitis, chronic, uh, chronic pancreatitis, and uh, I live with this disease like an imposter. All my life, I was like, it's nothing, it's just an allergy, it's going to go away. It did not go away, uh, it killed my entire pancreas, and so within a month, I had to wake up, I was pushed to wake up that maybe I was sick, I was not an imposter and I was truly sick and so I became type 1 diabetic and I had a bunch of other health issues because of course I didn't take care of it for so many years that's usually the slap is much bigger and that's when I was totally forced uh, to start to work on myself because if I was keep if I was pushing still in those beliefs keep going I will be dead so the consequences were way too high for me to not wake up. And so I went back to university. I took the decision uh, to, uh, to study psychology. And I started to read so many books to try to understand how did I end up in this situation. And so that's when I started to realize how during my childhood, I started to develop false beliefs, negative beliefs that led to the development of self-doubt, that led to the development of low confidence, people pleasing and all the uh, other symptoms. And how I like to describe imposter syndrome, for me, it's like an umbrella. When you open it, you have, you know, the push button to open the umbrella. The push button is self-doubt. It opens, you have imposter syndrome and all the other symptoms, low confidence, people pleasing, they're all going to fall on you. And you're going to live like that. And because it's, they are not like, if you have low self-esteem, it's not going to kill you tomorrow. 
it, it's not something it's very hard to measure and your brain is so accustomed to this belief that you don't question them anymore you just think they are true and so you keep going in your life and you cannot live at your fullest because you don't want to take risk anymore because taking risk means take like the potential of failure if you fail it's just comforting your idea that you're not good enough and, and people are just seeing a person that doesn't exist. You you keep also pushing narrative that will put you in situation that most likely are going to cost you um, a lot in terms of physical health. We know that, for example, when we are a people pleaser or we take things personally, it puts us in situation that are going to where you're going to feel threatened, activating all the flight or fight res response that we talk a lot uh, nowadays. I have the impression increasing your cortisol, all like the bad hormones in your body. And slowly and slowly, it will start, like some disease will start to be created. But by the time something happens, it, it will be too late. So my goal really by writing this book and sharing my stories where like for people don't end up in the same situation that I did. The cost was quite staggering. I lost an organ and I cannot have children anymore because of all the consequences. So I, I, I paid a lot, but I'm quite a stubborn person. So, you know, uh, you, you can go on a lot in your life living with uh, things that weight you down. And especially when you are an optimistic and joyful person, People in plus are never going to see that you're not feeling that well. And so if you, it's going to just push you in, in this belief, like saying, okay, I'm joyful. So there is no problem. And you're just going to keep adding to your bag with more bricks, more bricks, more bricks. And one day it will just explode. And uh, it, believe that you build uh, in childhood are very hard. Uh, to change and to change them you need first to be self-aware and what I found the most difficult was it's when you go to uh, the path of self-awareness everyone like to say now oh I'm self-aware I'm self-aware I'm not talking just superficial self-awareness the, the type of self-awareness when you admit the mistakes you've done without blaming you it's not beating you down but you need to recognize the negative pattern habits that you've had in your life so you can change them if you do not really open your eyes you're just gonna keep making the same mistake and usually for your brain it's very hard to do so because you're just realizing that in fact a lot of your unhappiness is just because of you something that it's not your fault that you have created them, especially during childhood, because with kids, our brains are not fully developed. We're going to leave an event. We don't have uh, the wisdom and maturity to say, oh, the person did this to me, but it's not because of me. It's because they have an issue. We, we don't have this kind of maturity as a kid. So we just take everything as true facts. If someone keep like bullying you, for example, it's going to really affect yourself 
like your, your confidence and self-esteem in your life because you cannot say to yourself, oh, it's just this person is really angry with themselves and so they're projecting it to another person. As an adult, we can understand that, but as a kid, no. So you just keep going and when you become self-aware, you you really, you, you need to go through this grief of saying, okay, I... I I did a mistake <laughs> back, back, uh, back then. So just, just admit it and go out with it. And what I have a lot of people who say to me, you come on, Colin, that's not your fault. You have a, a genetic disease. Uh, you didn't choose it. I say, yeah, it's not my fault, but it's my responsibility to take care of it. And I've got one life. So you can spend all your life saying how unfair life has been to you. You can, it's your own choice, but one day you're going to wake up and it's going to be too late. I rather enjoy my life, go through the difficult journey of changing and go back on the right foot. And now I've never been that happy uh, in, uh, in my entire life. And that's why I really wanted uh, to help other guide them uh, into their journey because Imposter syndrome, the, the problem, it's going to stop you in so many ways to living your life to the fullest it's really going to stop you to make the job, like to take the job you want uh, because you're going to be so scared that you're not going to be good enough. Uh, maybe it can stop you to be also a parent because you're going to say, no, I'll never be able uh, to be one. I will not be good enough. You're going to be always engaging in, like for me, one of the others was people pleasing, especially in the work setting because with friends, at least they are your friends. You 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 usually, and if you you have good friends, they will give it back to you. So it, it, it's it's not so much that I found at work. At work, I found it was very uh, difficult to manage because in plus, usually the people that are gonna the, the, at the office, the ones that are more on the narcissistic of the personality because you kind of find them everywhere uh they're not a lot but you, you do see them and you always have one in the company they're gonna spot you they're gonna see the person that does not trust themselves even if they smile and say thank you when uh, someone congratulate them they're gonna see it's fake they're gonna see this person doesn't believe in themselves and so they're gonna target those people most likely to try to make them do their job, uh, try to take their accomplishments. And so you're going to realize also that the person is using you, but you're not going to say anything because you're going to be so scared and you need to please others so they don't realize that you are a fraud because you are stuck in your mental uh, like disbelief. And, and it's going to lead you to ruminate, to think about it, and just bash back all those negative self-talk, negative self-belief, and don't actually live your life authentically as you want it to be. Being honest is difficult. When we think about it, it's not easy to be honest. It's easier to be nice to everyone because like this, we're sure that we are never rejected. Uh, Why well, we might be. Uh, some people might fake it that they like us, but it's much easier to be nice. Uh, because being honest, it takes a little bit of uh, bravery. Right. So, yes. We keep so, it, 
it's definitely uh, uh, something uh, that is important to work on. And another thing that I see a lot now with society that actually I was not uh, realizing a lot when I wrote the book. I, I'm not sure it was such a societal issue as it has become. Uh, so uh, it, it's a new thing that I... Uh, that I'm starting to think about. The problem when you are feel like an imposter, it's you're gonna attribute all your success to luck. This is usually uh, coming from childhood. There are many reasons why you are more prone to imposter syndrome. It can be personality traits, uh, such as high neurotism, perfectionism, or usually with really high achieving parents, really critical uh, also education system, uh, teachers or parents. and also, it usually happens a lot with the high achiever. And what you see uh, parents do a lot, and they don't realize it's, it's not their fault, um, it's when a kid comes back uh, with an A, they're going to congratulate, usually by saying, congratulations, you're so intelligent. It was so easy for you. And the problem is the kid, they're going to associate after intelligence with easy and start to realize in their head, yeah, but I actually had to study for it. So it's not that easy for me, but they believe so. So when they're going to find out I'm not that intelligent? And studies have shown that kids that are praised for their intelligence, when they give them a new set of tests, they will choose the tests that are the easiest to do. While if you congratulate your kids for the efforts they have done, for, the, for their work, they will usually want to try to do something more complex because there is less risk of failure because you are rewarding the effort mm -hmm. associated with making the exercise. So really congratulating someone a lot for a personality trait that they cannot control, that is like supposed to be, it, it, it leads more to imposter syndrome. And when they grow up, yeah, maybe they have a higher IQ, they might be more intelligent, but the problem is when you are intelligent, you usually know everything you don't know. So <laughs> it points you back also to imposter uh, syndrome. But after, they're going to keep saying they're lucky. They're going to put everything under luck. And the, the, the issue I see right now is that you have normal people that will just like, rushed off and say, oh, this person is doing well, uh, they've worked out. But you have a lot of people that are watching people succeeding and saying, oh, you're so gifted. You've been lucky. And they're failing to see that those people, they didn't, they were not born with like for author a pen in the end or violent with them. They've worked hard. And we watch people and put it on all the gift, all the luck, so as a society also, we're not promoting efforts, hard work behind uh, something. Yeah, you might be more inclined to be good in a like specific field based on the brain that you have, but you usually have to work to be good at something and, or, or practice or repeat. And so when they look at those people and say, oh yeah, you're very gifting, like it comes easy to you, it just reinforces the imposter syndrome. And for the other world, it reinforces this learned helplessness, like they, they cannot change the outcome of their life. And 
Like everything is just written before we, we have even lived it. So it, it, it's very interesting. And I'm wondering if it's not social media that uh, pushes a little bit uh, more this narrative because now not social media, the tools in itself, but because so many people now are sharing their opinion or what they do, um, it might, you know, it, it increase the amount of information that is floating around. And uh, so, so I think it's important uh, as a society even that we recognize that everything takes effort. And uh, okay. if some someone has make it, yes, you will have some people that make it because they have money, etc. We we you have those type of people in the world, but they are just a little, like a few. It's not the majority of, of people now that that are in high achieving high achieving jobs. They don't come from like they, they have worked actually to to get where they are, so right. they deserve it. Right. Absolutely. I want to ask you, you've covered so much and what you've been talking about. And again, I want to kind of wrap back around and say to you how sorry I am for physically what's happened for you. Um, you know, I, I, I know that must have been a very difficult um, thing to go through. Um, and but the 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 other side of it is it brought you to this place where you're sharing so much knowledge and, and very rich knowledge with others. How can we reframe negative self-talk and create new neural pathways? I think that's a very interesting um, question um, to look at, uh, to ask. Yes. So this is actually one of the hardest <laughs> things to do. In no, I want to say it because nowadays we see all those titles, read this sentence and all your self-doubt will be gone or do these three steps and it's over. Like we take some kind of pill and everything is gone. Like it's gone. And I, I, I can't lie. That, that's in my opinion, very not true. It's a daily practice for the only reason uh, that our brain, when we grow up, uh, our brain will start uh, to create a, a schemata in it. So it's building blocks that literally uh, every event that you leave, it's your brain register it and puts it in boxes, so they can after you can after navigate the world and uh, without like thinking too much. So it's in your subconscious mind. That's where all your beliefs are, st are stuck. But the important thing thing to understand it's your brain register it, but it doesn't mean the beliefs are true. This is how it interprets the word. And that's why if you have negative belief, negative self-talk, you're just going to be going around because your subconscious mind is 95% of your brain and it just needs to perceive the words as it believes will make you survive. So to reframe this neural pathway, you need to rewrite. Like it's just imagine... Um, uh, you, you remember the video cassette or, or CD-ROM? Uh, you, you've got uh, a book written on it and you need to rewrite it. So to rewrite it, you need to first identify your, ne your negative self-talk because a lot of people will just go with it. They're so used to have negative talk in their mind that they will not realize it. So it's very important to become self-aware of those uh, thoughts. Once you have identified them, you need to rewrite them. My best, like for me, what worked the best was to take a piece of paper 
write down all the beliefs I had about myself. I put it down for the night. I wait a few days. I take it back because what we find is we're very good to recognize the negative belief in our friends. Not so good with our own because we don't have any way to stand back. We are just in our head. So by writing them down and coming back later on it, you can come with a French fresh mind, go over it, and you rewrite. If you say, I'm not good enough, first you start to believe. Why do I believe that? And maybe an event will come to your head where maybe as a kid, your parents didn't come to see you in the end of the year, uh, like school play. And so for you, if they were not coming, it means you're not important. So you are not enough for them to dare to make times. We, it's really, and I'm, I, I emphasize that, do not blame yourself. Do not blame other people. Just try to understand because we all see life with different lens. So we all perceive events that happen to us differently. And you can reframe the narrative that you have taught yourself. So once you say that, you you, you wonder to yourself, okay, but what did they do for you? Or they educate me. They spend time with me. So yeah, they didn't come to the school play, but does that really mean I'm not enough? And you reframe. And even if they believe you, you they didn't like you or everything, think about your friends. Uh, do you have people around you? What did you do? And you just reframe and you write, I am enough. And you, for every statement, you try to find the evidence that usually uh, if you really are self-aware, you will not find. Uh, we love to create, you know, the brain loves to create evidence to support our belief. So that's why it's good to look at it from an outsider. Don't judge yourself from an insider. Uh, but... Because we, everywhere in life, uh, if you are for a political party, most likely you're going to find the evidence that this party is best than the other one. It's our brands uh, are made and it's important to be aware of it. And so you reframe everything. Another technique uh, that I've done uh, that works quite well, especially to rewrite a narrative uh, when we are kids it's a little bit of mix of meditation and, and uh, hypnosis, self-hypnosis. Uh, I've, it's a d- pure design I've made uh, because I've worked with a uh, hypnotherapist a couple of years ago and I thought the sh- sessions really helped. So I used uh, a little bit of that and mixed with meditation. So it's to go into, into meditation, do the breathing technique. You have a lot of videos on YouTube nowadays. And it's after... Imagine myself meeting this kid that I was. And we focus on one event. Don't try to do everything uh, at the same time. And just talk to you as a kid and reframe this narrative. Show the love, the person you have become, what it has taught you. Because it's, as you say, I'm very sorry for what happened to you. Yeah, but I will never change it for a thing. Because it's... Through events like that, that we learn and we grow. Unfortunately, the humans usually need a slap in the face to change, you know, or to, to learn something. And so I can, you can either decide to perceive this event as the worst thing ever or try to reframe the narrative. And a lot of our narrative are, as kids are false because as kids, you don't have the brain and wisdom to understand 
as you are later. So talk to yourself and do this exercise 10, 15 minutes every day if needed until you rewrite everything. And there is a moment where for your brain, you will have written new neural pathway with positive thinking. And at certain points, it will become easier for the brain to be positive than to be negative because those neural pathway will be stronger. Okay, that is really good information because, and and we are just about out of time and I would love to have you back on so we could talk more about this because this is such a big um, subject to talk about. There's so much information, but you've got to go out and buy um, Colleen's book, You Are Not an Imposter, Overcoming Imposter Syndrome, Unlock Your True Potential So You Can Thrive. It's on Amazon and everywhere you can find books. And you really need to go grab this book so that you can um, then practice all the, um, everything that she's put in there, all her expertise, all of the, actually she put into effect the things that she was learning and she saw what it did for her. So she's telling us how to be able to do it for ourselves. And that's really important because uh, about the neural pathways, because, you know, there's a lot of talk out there about how to fix things, but there's not always the way to tell someone how to fix it. Like you're looking for that actual evidence and direction for how to fix something right with your brain belief systems. But I think your book actually probably does that. It's what it sounds like. And so, yeah, go ahead. The, 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 the thing, you know, because I've read a lot of these books, the, the problem is now to attract people, you need to have the simple, easy, fast methods. Yes. But the problem is, I'm sorry, it takes time. It, it, right. It's a journey. It takes time, but it sells much less. Right. But you know what? It's it's also, that's the reality and self-awareness of it. It's not a quick fix. You're in there for the long haul. You're in for the long haul with your life. And so the rewards that you reap at the end are totally worth the journey of, of what we've had to do. Yes. It's absolutely amazing. So thank you so much for being on cover to cover. I've so enjoyed meeting you and, and listening to your story. And, um, I, and I really highly recommend this book. I definitely, you've got to go out and buy it and we'll have to have you back on. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much. And uh, I will be back soon with another episode and do something nice for yourself today. Blessings, everyone. Thank you for being a part of our audience today. Please subscribe, like, and share the podcast with your friends and tune in for the next episode of Cover to Cover for all things in the author world.